Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, welcome to uh, another episode of New Idea Royals on podcast. I'm Frances Sheen. I'm the editor of New Idea. And joining us today is our royal expert, journalist and expert commentator, Angela Mollard. Hello, Angela. Hello. Good morning. We've got a lot to talk about in this podcast. Later, we're going to talk about Jermaine Greer and what she said about Meghan Markle. And we're also going to look at Meghan's family and her own humanitarian efforts. But first, I want to talk about this new book by Andrew Morton, which is all about Meghan. Andrew Morton is a, a royal biographer. Well, he's a he's a writer, a biographer mm. of lots of different people. But he is renowned for getting really good sources and really good contacts. What have we learned from what he's found out about mm. Meghan? Well, yes, lots of it. Actually, you raise a really good point there because lots of people say to me, oh, can you believe his books? Now, yes. I think the ultimate proof that Andrew Morton is uh, well-placed for these books is that his ultimate source for Diana, her true story, yes, was, Diana. was Diana. And we only found that out after her death. There was this extraordinary material in the book that yes. he wrote. And at the time I was working in London and, and we were just going, the detail here is extraordinary. How yeah. can how can he know these things? How can he know she's bulimic and what she eats in a day and, and you know, that she's fallen yes. down a set of stairs and things like that? How can he know it? And obviously after she died, he released the fact that, that she had made the, recorded her stories into these tapes which were then passed on to him and he wrote the book um, not not quoting her as a source. Then he re-released the book after her death yes. in her own words. We know he's very good with sources. He's he's dogged. I've sat at a wedding with Andrew Morton and, oh, and was being very surprised by like, – he, he's just – He's always listening. He's always ah, getting the details. So um, right. this new book on Megan, it will be well-researched. Uh, it's comprehensive. It covers all the topics. And obviously, you know, one of the most impressive things is that he's turned it around very quickly. What do we know? He, he talks about her early childhood, mm -hmm. um, her family, her uh, divorce between her parents. He talks about being biracial. And one of the lovely stories, which has actually come out before, but I really like it, is that, that Megan was at school and she had to write down which race she was, whether she was Caucasian. Or, or which race she was and she couldn't work out which box to, for, to fill in because, oh. you know, she had a Caucasian father and a black mother and um, she didn't know which box. So she went home and she said to her dad, I, I left it blank because I, I didn't know which one to fill in. <laughs> and he said, next time you draw your own box. Aww. So, you know, really strong parenting there. Her dad, I think, sounds like a fabulous man. He's worked in the TV industry. The family's sort of been in TV all their life. Yeah. He sounds like a really supportive dad. Of late, of course, he's been more reclusive and, um, you know, we're still hoping that he will um, be at the wedding. We still don't know, do we? It's not been confirmed, mm. but the fact that it hasn't, I think, suggests that it's a bit of a touch-and-go thing. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure that it's um, that it's rubber-stamped. We also learned from the Morton book that, that – Megan had this long 
interest in Princess Diana that she had seen the funeral, had watched it, and was deeply saddened by the the yeah. coffin with the little um, with the white roses and and that envelope with the word mummy on it, yeah. and that after Princess Diana's death, her and her friend Susie had had sort of collected clothes and things to sell to charity so that they could raise money or, or give give those clothes and things to less privileged children. She was obviously deeply affected by this and woman. How would she ever have predicted or dreamt? But then mm. she would marry that little boy she obviously saw walking know, behind his particularly coffin. being American, being it's a celebrity, being in the acting world. It's, it's really so far fairy removed, tale, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Andrew Morton also revealed the moment Harry was told the media had finally found out about his relationship with Meghan. Mm. Um, what happened there? I thought this was lovely because he was uh, in Toronto uh, staying with her and one of his private secretaries uh, phoned and said, look, the words out. This was several months after they'd started seeing each other. So they did a very good job of getting over to Africa for a holiday, going between uh, London and Toronto for quite a long time. The private secretary said to him, look, this is, um, this is, uh, it's leaked, you know, people now know about it, we're being asked about it. And he apparently turned to Megan and said, things will never be the same again. He knew that. He, he knew, knows what it's yeah. like. He's seen it with his brother. He's seen it with his previous girlfriends. And I, I can imagine he felt a little bit of sadness that that privacy would, would, would yes, never be Yes, because they'll never this. get that back. No, they don't, they? yes. But having said that, I'm sure they've got plenty more exciting things mm. um, to look forward to. After that, Harry called um, William and what did he say then? And I think this is really quite an interesting insight by Morton. He he asked his brother, he was concerned because in the days that followed, there was a lot of commentary on Meghan. She was mixed race, she was a divorcee, yeah. um, there was a lot of pretty hideous comment to be frank in yeah. the in the particularly in the british press who we know can be waspish yeah he rang william to ask his advice now two things about this are interesting i think is one that when in need he turns to his brother yes, yes, yes. you know he didn't turn to his dad he turned to his no. brother which indicates and is emblematic of the closeness that that, that these two brothers yes. have secondly what it led to was him releasing that fairly um uh, robust statement yeah, telling the media yeah. exactly Stern's the word to to back off mm. that you know that and and he was he was quite detailed in what he said he was very sort of forthright he said you know that that she shouldn't be there shouldn't be any discussion of 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 her race and various other things and that she should be left alone to 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 enjoy being his girlfriend, basically yeah. And did the media take heed? Do you think in England? I think they did. I, mm. I you know I um. Certainly, if you were to you were following it in the following days, the, there was a sort of look. There's always that need to be first in the mm. British media. It's so ferociously competitive that you have to be first. So any kind of detail you want to get out there, I think in the days that followed, the media actually realised this was actually going to be a really interesting love affair. And yeah. Reams of copy would be written. She was glamorous. She was an actress. Yeah. She was interesting. She had a blog. She'd lived. Yeah. This was good content. And I think they suddenly realized actually, this is fantastic yeah. for us. This is the rebirth of, um, yes. you know, of interest in the world. Diana 2.0 exactly. almost. Yeah. And I, I think that recognising that, they suddenly backed off and knew, as we've seen with Kate and William, that if you mm. treat them well, they will cooperate. We know that yes. Kate takes those photos of the children and releases yes. them. William is, you know, William, the one that loathes the media mm. the most, is is quite decent and warm. Um, the British media since the Diana days has, is, is, is much more respectful of the British family and obviously the press council insist on it by, by their very um, uh, strict rules around reporting. And also I think with Meghan, um, she's obviously got a real social conscience. When did that kind of start? Because it didn't start mm. when she 
decided to marry into the royal family. She's always had that kind mm. of uh, Very past. early on. It, yeah. and Morton's book sort of describes that, that even when she was really little, um, that she was uh, focused on on doing good. And, mm. and even early on there was that advert that was um, sexist about women being at home doing the dishes. And she yes. she wrote to the company and said, you know, why isn't it the men? And and I think got a letter back she from did, that. Yeah. So she obviously, I think it's her mum. Her mum seems like a very attuned woman to, to feminist issues and that sort of thing. And I think that, um, she, you know, she's clearly a girl that, that it was genuine. It's an authentic interest. It's not that she sort of suddenly thought, oh, this will be good for my brand. She's actually yes. genuinely believes in it. And then she went on, obviously, to, to work for the UN in a youth capacity. Yeah. She's visited Rwanda. And I think we'll be seeing a lot more of this sort of work from the two of them. I think she'll probably join the mental health charity that that is yes. um, so important to Harry, William and Kate. Harry's done a lot of work in Africa. I think they'll combine forces and, you know, she will be Angelina Jolie Mark II. Oh, well, you never know. <laughs> the, the kind of the, the one thing that people, they're going to criticise Megan, they often criticise her family because since she's become famous, there has been a lot of infighting apparently um, among her family and they've been very outspoken about not being invited to the wedding. How problematic do you see them being moving forwards? I see this as problematic right now because we're on the cusp of a wedding yeah. and these are a very vocal, um, yeah. you know, stepbrother and, and stepsister. Look, they're considerably older than Megan. She didn't grow up in the same house as them. So yeah. this sort of notion that they should be close and that blood ties should should mean they get an invite to the wedding seems ludicrous to me. It's very much a case from where I sit if, oh, our sister, and I put that in quote in, in, yeah, yeah. in quote marks, is now famous and we're going to ride the coattails. So when you look at how problematic they're going to be, they will continue to be, you know, put their head above the parapet. But really, if unless they're being fed new information, all they can go on is what their shared experience from a very small amount of time with her, that that material isn't going to grow any bigger because she's not going to spend any time with them. What does she do? Does she invite them, which is disingenuous because she, she really doesn't hasn't had any relationship <laughs> yeah. with them and, and and actually they haven't treated her in a way that no. would suggest you invite them? Or do you just not invite them? Look, I think modern families are much more broken, much more mm. um, uh, nuanced than they have ever been in the past. And I think lots of people will just look at her family and go, yeah, that's a bit like ours. You know, it's not oh like you have goodness, to have the perfect yeah. family anymore. The only thing I think that is slightly sad about it is that Harry, having lost his mum, has sort of had this, you know, he, he's got his brother and his dad, but he hasn't had that really sort of close-knit family since he was sort of 10, 11. I know and we know from things William has said that Kate Middleton's family is means a lot to him for that yes. reason. And I just feel a little bit sad that he's not getting that through, you know, his in-laws. Nevertheless, she clearly adores him and, yes. uh, you know, together they'll make a, 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 a sort of family of their own. Do you think the palace are advising her on, well, you can't invite this person and maybe you should not invite that but try this person? Or do you think she's the one calling that's the shots? A, that's an excellent question. I think that uh, there would be guidance. I think they would have sat down and gone through all the issues and problems. I mean, the, the you know, sort of in the past, the palaces used to hire PR people that had come through industry. Typically mm. now they hire people that have come through media. So they're very alert. Yes. To, they know what are the things that are going to kick yeah. off stories. So these people are uh, very attuned. They'd be able to sit Megan down and say, look, 
this is going to be an issue. Yeah. This isn't. How are we going to handle this? I mean, they are experts at their jobs. They are PR and marketing experts. They're very contemporary. They use Twitter, as we saw with the birth of the yes. royal baby, yes. with the announcement of the best man. Anything that happens in uh, royal life under the um, Kensington Palace Twitter handle yeah. is, is is given to the public and is, and is conveyed and communicated. These people are experts and I think they will have uh, guided Meghan very carefully through this, not just in terms terms of uh, the right way to do it, but to according to protocol as well, yes. you know, according to the Queen's request, according to duty, according to tra- tradition. But, you know, they are problematic. I find them boring, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, you know, I think Kate had the rogue uncle and so Megan's just bought more to the party, frankly. Exactly. And, um, and I'm sure she'll, she'll work her way through that. Are there any benefits to having a troublesome family, do you think? Oh, that, yes, I think, look, I think there are. I think sometimes when things are too nice, it leaves you unable to really understand the people you're speaking yes, to. Absolutely. In the future, they're going to be involved with um, a lot of people with um, from low socio- socioeconomic um, backgrounds. You know, there's a massive class system in Britain. And one thing I'd say about the royals is that they get out there. We know from Diana she met people, homeless people, people are all around the world with people with AIDS. She was, she was, she embraced all elements of society. Yeah. And I think you can only meet people genuinely at where they're at if you've actually had some suffering yourself. So I think yeah. that the fact she's had a broken marriage, the fact she comes from a broken family, you know, the fact that they've all been speaking out about it, it makes you strong. It makes you it does, resilient. Yeah. And that is something that will connect and bond her as she takes on this role where she is really pressing the flesh, speaking to people and making a connection. And I think making a connection when you've um, got something to say and you've had some life experience yourself is all the more genuine and authentic. And she's really enjoying it. You can see she really wants to meet. When it meets these people. She really wants to do a good job, yeah, doesn't she? Does. she? She can wants to see yes. the, the, there's an earnestness yeah. and a kind of, um, you know, it's it's almost like she's going for an audition because she, yes. wants, she really wants to get the part, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the people who isn't a big fan, seemingly, of her is um, Australian Germaine Greer, who said that um, she thinks Megan's going to bolt because it's mm. all going to get too stifling, that the royal family will crush her and she's just going to run. Do you think that's true? I don't know. I look... You know, I, I I couldn't guarantee, no, no one yeah. could, that this marriage would last. They come from hugely different backgrounds. I think she's had a lot of freedom in her life to do what she wants to do. And, you know, royal life isn't free. It's, it's obligation. It's duty. I imagine it's terribly boring, you know, when you have to sit there as another formal speech is, is, is sort of delivered in front of you or... yeah. It, I think it will depend on the strength of their communication as a couple and whether they turn inwards to each other rather than outwards. I hope at last, I, I think Jermaine's wrong. I think Jermaine was just, you know, self-publicising at that point trying and to trying headline. to get some relevance. Exactly. Mm. Will she bolt? No. And then and then Jermaine made the sort of ridiculous notion mm. that, uh, that Harry would bolt with her. Well, Harry can't bolt. No. He's part of the royal family. I think the greatest thing in their favour is that they're a long way down the line. They're mm. not just poised there to take over th- the throne. No they're actually quite a long way away from having to do that, which gives them huge freedom. They don't have to sort of represent the Commonwealth every weekend. No. You know, they've actually got quite a, they can do their own thing. They can kind of carve their own do- job description. And I think that's the greatest thing in their favour. Um, I hope they last. Uh, Jermaine's, you know, 
slightly mad these days. She says, she says all sorts of things. You know, her, her comments on Julia Gillard were, and her clothes were, were, were pretty rank. And I think this is too. Give the girl a chance. Yes, you know, give I her agree. a chance to prove herself. And, you know, what she doesn't need is some waspish sort of, yes. um, yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say something very nasty about Jermaine, but I won't. Uh, uh, Gloss over that. Exactly. <clears throat> no, yes. I, I think that, uh, look, interestingly, Paul Burrell, who yes. I don't have a lot of time for. I don't either. Um, but, you know. A bit of a bit of a knob that one, and um, you know, it's been <laughs> trading off his relationship with Diana for for years. But he does make one interesting point, which is that Diana sort of sort of changed the environment for these two yes. young women, for Kate and for and for Megan. And I think he's right in that regard. She came into the royal family and blustered her way through it and forced it to modernise and made it take notice of her and showed that there was another way for it all to be done other than just through, you know, traditional channels. She rang journalists. She talked about things that mattered. There was the good and the bad. You know, she was a highly reactive person. On the other hand, her work around the world with landmines, with humanitarian issues was extraordinary. And I think he's right in so much is she created an environment for Kate and Megan to step into and to make their own. They were both, you know, we've seen Kate. She's she's a very dutiful mother. Mm. She clearly loves her royal role and clearly takes it incredibly seriously. Megan will be different. But I think what Burrell is saying is that Diana sort of showcased that you can be many things as a yeah. as a royal wife. And I think we'll see interesting things from Megan. I think we'll see some really deeply moving things. She's, a, she's an emotional woman. She gives more of herself she than does, Kate does yeah. uh, in interviews. And she's more spontaneous. Uh, so I think that in terms of traditionally fairly cold uh, family will soften. We've already seen that with the discussions about mental health issues, but I think we'll see even more of it with Megan on board. Yes, I agree. And I think it's wonderful that one of their their biggest you know, occasions that, that will happen in their first year of marriage will be hopefully coming to Sydney for mm. the Invictus Games. And I think we'll really see that tender side of both of them. And also the wedding will be out of the way then. They'll yeah. be married for four or five months. There won't be all the speculation about who's going to be there, who's the bridesmaid. They'll, they'll have settled down into that kind of life. And they'll also have started travelling, which, you know, is part yeah. of this. And also the Invictus Games is such an important event to, to Prince Harry. It's, you know, so yes. deep in his heart that, you know, we're really lucky that they'll be, you know, we'll be one yeah. of the first posts off the block. Yes, for them to cry and everyone else to cry when these amazing (laughs) stories. Well, let's leave it there for today. Thank you so much for your time, Angela. And thank you for listening to our new Idea Royals podcast. Don't forget to subscribe today so you don't miss out on our next episode. In the meantime, for daily updates, head to New Idea Royals on Facebook and we will see you next time. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.